Okay. So let's get started with a word of prayer. Lord, we just thank you for today. Thank you that we can be here. Thank you for this time of year. Thank you for the pretty snow. And just pray that you would bless our service today. Amen. Okay, so um, my name's Paul. I happen to be the elder with the most white hair at Country Christian Center. I, I was just sitting in the pew minding my own business. I don't know what happened. Anyway, so um, does anybody, there's a holiday coming up. Can anybody think about that? Is it, is, huh? What? Is, uh, I don't hear any kids talking about it. What? Yeah, there's a holiday coming up. So um, I want to look at a verse, uh, a little bit about that. It's um, Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. And just to kind of give you some background, um, Isaiah was a prophet. He lived about 700 years before Jesus was born. And he um, is having a discussion with King Ahaz. I think that's his name. And he was the king of Judah. And, and Ahaz is all worried because the king of Israel and the Assyrians are going to come and attack him. He's heard that they're coming to attack. And he's um, very concerned. And so um, he has this discussion with Isaiah. Isaiah says, hey, come and let's talk to each other where they do the laundry. So anyway, they meet at the laundromat, and, and they're having this discussion. And Isaiah says to Ahaz, um, why don't you uh, pick a sign, a sign from the Lord? And he's like, I'm not going to do that. And so Isaiah just throws one out there. So let's look at this verse. The Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will be pregnant. She will have a son, and she will name him Emmanuel. Emmanuel, that's God with us. God comes to be with us. I don't think Ahaz, he was, he was worried about other things. I don't think he even, this kind of just went clear past him. Which is something that we all have a struggle with sometimes this time of year. You know, maybe this morning... The roads were kind of slick, or maybe, maybe you were concerned about something, maybe you had a health concern, or maybe, maybe uh, you had a sharp word with a family member that you're thinking about, and it's, it's kind of distracting you. Um, so let's just focus on um, what this verse is talking about. So I have a, a, a song I'm, I want to share with you, and um, this is, uh, we're going to sing this song later today, so I talked to the worship leader, so anyway, um, 
I want you to just look at the words and, and read them. We'll put them up here and just think about it. Let's not miss it this year. Let's, let's think about that. So um, I'll pray again and invite the worship team to come. Let's praise them. Lord, we just thank you that we can be reconciled to you. You came to the earth in a way that nobody expected. Born in an animal shelter. Um, yeah, we just, we can't even conceive it. And yet you were the creator of the universe. You humbled yourself, Lord, and you made a way for us to be reconciled to you. Just help us to uh, be mindful of that today and help us to worship you now. We pray in your name. Amen. Good morning. You guys can stand. Um, that song that my dad just played is, um, was actually written in 1744, and it was based on the verse um, Haggai 2.7. I will shake all nations, and what is desired by all nations will come, and I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord Almighty. <coughs> So let's fill this house with glory this morning.
for coming as a child and as a human, and thank you that you are coming back again. We love you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you, worship team. That was Christmas music. Okay. So what's been going on in your life this week? What's the Lord have for you to share? Jackie. Okay, well, I want to thank everyone for praying for our trip to Denver last week or a couple weeks ago, and it just went really good. Um, everything doesn't always go how you expect, but uh, God can still make good of some sickness and different things we had along the way, but um, everyone did really good, and it was a good group of kids that went along, and I was really blessed, and just also the roads were awesome. We drive through on clear roads, we'd look up the weather, and it, right behind us would be calling for storms, and we just had good roads all the way. The worst roads were probably coming back into town here at the end, so um, I know that God did that for us, so just thanks for everyone praying, and it was a really good trip and a, a fun time making good memories. Thank you, Jackie, for all the work you put into it. That was, that was really well planned. 
Um, I just want to again thank Jackie for putting that together. And I know I had a lot of fun, and I'm sure everybody else did. And she did really good when everybody wasn't feeling the best and really keeping us encouraged and stuff. And thank you to Pastor Up for driving the bus. That was awesome. Um, I have a friend, dear friend who has a granddaughter that's 12 years old, uh, Paige, and they found a mass in her brain, and she goes in after many tests this week. She goes over to Seattle Children's Hospital on Wednesday, and so um, she's very scared, and uh, her family has been shaken, but um, I just would like a lot of prayer for Paige this week and the coming weeks as this family goes through this. And uh, so I just want to lift that up in prayer right now. Um, Lord God, we know that you work all things together for good and that you are good. And Jesus, you are still the healer. You are still the light of all lives. And we pray that your light would just explode within Paige and that you would show, show her great and mighty things that she does not know, that you would be with her father at this time in restoring and renewing and strengthening his faith in you and this, um, just the glory that you hold within his whole family, and that you'll be with uh, the grandparents and all the family as they go through this time, that they would their faith would grow and grow in you. Lord, we pray that you would heal Paige. We pray that even as she goes on Wednesday, they would find nothing because we know that all things are possible through you. So we stand on you, on you alone, Lord, the rock of all ages, and the gift that was given at this time of the year that we celebrate, we stand. And Lord, we thank you for Paige's life, and we ask you to show them your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Dwight, Pastor Up. Oh, wait, we got another one. As a reminder for the youth group and young adults as well, we're going to go caroling here. Two o'clock is when the bus leaves. And for them as well, we're having lunch down in the basement at 1230. So That's a reminder for the youth group and young adults. Today? Car yep, today. Okay. Well, it was a good trip to Denver, and there's some exciting things that happened. And we did make an impression on the warehouse there with our group of kids. Yeah, they were uh, the guys working with us really liked to work with us, and, and they wanted to work with us the next day. <laughs> and so uh, it was good. And then, and then uh, some of you met Mrs. Sinsky. She's been coming with Jackie Wade here. They blessed us with a night in a major lodge up in the ski resort area in Vail, around Vail or somewhere, where was it? Anyway, it was in Colorado. <laughs> Pretty spectacular. They really know how to uh, bless people, serve. Anyway, that was a blessing. And uh, anyway, and also I went down and, and visited with Verl, Verl Stutzman. Some of you know him. He's kind of the founder and pastor of this church before. And uh, I guess I want to pray for peace and contentment for him. You know, he didn't intend to spend the last years of his life in the situation he's in, but I don't know what you're supposed to do about it. Um, Lord can bring peace. I know he preached it for many years, and I, I remind him of that. Um, but uh, it's hard. So anyway, I'd like to pray for him and then my wife. She's not feeling good today, so let's pray. Loving Father, I want to thank you for Verl, Lord, and, and what he's meant to so many people, and he's 
served you and he's preached your word and, and uh, shared your love with a lot of people. Lord, I ask that you'll bring peace and contentment to him in these days of his life right now, Lord. I don't know what's supposed to take place, but Lord, I know you got him in your arms and be with him and Louise and just bless them, Lord. Give wisdom if we're supposed to do something different and just guide us, Lord. Lord, I want to lift up my wife, Vonda. I pray that she'd get over this cred, whatever it is, quickly. And uh, others that might be uh, not feeling up to par. Just uh, bless them, Lord. Give them a special touch. In Jesus' name, amen. Brittany? Yeah. I met with a woman this week uh, who I work with, and she is serving the homeless population in our city, and there's 60 people in a homeless camp in Kennewick that she goes to every Sunday and feeds them and brings warm clothing to and just shares the love of Jesus to. And so I am going to be collecting some items for her, some uh, zero-degree sleeping bags, socks, gloves, hats, um, coats for adult sizes. So if anyone is interested and wants to bless those in our community that are um, having a rough time right now, you guys can just meet with me afterwards and I'll give you some more details. Okay, so contact Brittany if you have donations for that. Jason. I would just like to lift up Ezra Nakamura. He's getting married tomorrow, and I know all the family has traveled back there. We prayed for them last week, but I'd just like to lift that up as that happens tomorrow. Father, thank you for Ezra and Celine. I just pray, Lord, that you would bless their day tomorrow. Make it special. Make it memorable. I just pray, Lord, that most of all, you'd be glorified through everything that's done and said. Thank you, Father, for your love. In your name we pray. Amen. Elizabeth. As many of you know, um, Tessa Johnson was taking a trip to Southeast Asia, and she left last week, and she did make it to Thailand, and um, they're planning to go to Burma, I believe, on the 20th, and sounds like it's going to be <clears throat> a, a lot of driving and also walking and hiking and traveling through rivers and stuff. So um, she's going to be gone for about a month, and I just want to remind you guys to keep praying for her and lifting her up, um, just that she would remain strong physically, spiritually, all of those things. Um, and I'm just really proud of her for making this commitment and this step to go and help people and to support the Eubanks as well. So I'm just going to lift her up right now. God, I thank you so much for Tessa and for her willingness to be used by you, um, whether it's here or whether it's over there. And I just pray that you would bless her, give her strength, give her rest, give her peace, um, give her endurance, Lord, as a lot of what they're going to be doing and a lot of the situations they're going to be in is very physically taxing. Um, I just thank you that she has worked hard and trained hard for this, um, both spiritually and physically. And I just pray that you would sustain her and bless her, Lord, and um, just be her portion. Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Sue. Two things. Um, one, ladies, uh, when Wednesday women's Bible study is 
on Christmas break. We'll come back together again on Wednesday, July 11th. And the other is that young adults this Thursday will meet here at the church at 6.30 for a potluck Christmas dinner slash party. So join us if you can. Um, so if you haven't heard of what Tessa is doing, there's, it's called the Free Burma Rangers, and you can watch it on YouTube, and it's, it's pretty amazing. It's, it's this group that goes into war zones, basically, and help people and record what's happening. So, and Burma has been in a civil war for ongoing for years. The government attacks people that are they think are rebellious and anyway it's kind of dangerous but um, yeah keep testing in your prayers okay anybody else have something to share Ed Uh, with Anita, uh, we went up to Spokane on Thursday or Wednesday this week, and uh, her test came out good. So this may be the last test. We're gonna we'll find out probably this next week. So if that's the case, she'll be back on the kidney list. So that's a real answer to prayer. So uh, just wanted to let everybody know what's going on. Now why don't we just pray that that happens, Lord? We just uh, pray for Anita. Um, thank you that she. It looks like she'll be able to get back on the kidney donor or kidney receiver list, I guess. And I just pray that um, that, that would happen, that she could be healed through this, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We pray in your name. Amen. Okay. I know a lot of people are going to be traveling with the wedding in Texas. And, and Dwight, you're taken off this evening too, right? So, um, who would want to pray for them? Well, I know where they're going. Okay. <laughs> uh, they're taking someone else with them. Helen, right? Helen. Yeah, Paula's mother. She's going to go down and stay with them down there in Arizona for a while, so... Let's it's a lot pray. warmer down there. It is. It's a, it, not that much, but it is warmer than here. <laughs> Loving Father, I want to thank you for the opportunities we have to travel around, be different places. Lord, I pray will be a blessing on wherever we go. Lord, I pray you'll be with Dwight and Paula and Helen as they travel tomorrow. I pray you'll give them special mercies on the road and also just uh, bless their time down there, Lord. Uh, I pray that Helen will find it uh, a blessing to be there with them. And just guide them, Lord. Thank you for the opportunity in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so I think it's about time for threes and fours, children's church. I believe there's nursery, so let's pray and we'll dismiss them. Lord, we just thank you for um, the teachers, for um, children's church and threes and fours. Uh, I guess thinking of Jackie and Sue, just pray that you would be with them now and be with the kids as they go help them to listen and learn. 
We pray in your name. Amen. Anybody else have something to share or prayer request? Everybody's just busy and I, it must have wore you out, Clyde, to sing all those carols. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you did good. <laughs> okay. Anybody else would like to share? Dawn. Well, um, <clears throat> I guess we'll... We'll just share that we're hoping to get on the train this evening and head back east. And uh, so we're going to miss the blessing of being here with all of you. This is an awesome place to come every weekend, share and your love and all that. But going back to see family and we're going to be gone a little while. So just uh, keep our eyes on Jesus no matter where we are. He's awesome. God, Clyde's got home too. Yeah. Yeah. You just came back from there, right? Yeah. Yesterday. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I'll pray for them as they travel. Lord, I just pray for Don and Nina as they travel back east and on the train. I just pray you give them a good trip and bless their time with family. Thank you for how you've given them good health, Lord. We pray in your name. Amen. Okay, anybody else have something to share? Who would like to pray for our country? Always a good need for that. Don, we'll let you do it. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. We just thank you that, that you're just right here among us and you have your eye over this nation, over your people, and you're very aware. Uh, it, it's uh, really something that when there was so much fear in the land, you had to come sneaking up on us in a little child and a little baby in a manger that we wouldn't be afraid of. But you have, as we sang this morning, you've born a king and you rule and sovereign. And we thank you for this. And we pray that your Holy Spirit still move among your people and, and on men and, well, just whoever. We, we don't really know for sure how to, 
what to ask except just that we will be aware of you and your presence and your love, your grace, your mercy, your truth, your righteousness that you extend to anyone who desires. And no matter what happens, we are secure in you. And we pray it for each one in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, well, next week you'll have to share about all the presents you got, I guess. If nobody wants to share anything else today. Pastor Jason, I hope your voice can hold out. Pray for you. Sure. Lord, we just thank you for Pastor Jason. Thank you for um, the word that you've given him. And help us to listen. Help us to pay attention and um, just be mindful of what you're telling us, Lord. Open our ears. We pray in your name. Amen. Good. Everybody, if you could clear your throat for me, and maybe that will help. I don't have to do it into the mic. <clears throat> I feel a whole lot better, and my voice is coming, I hope. It's good to be here this morning. It's warm in here. It's kind of chilly outside, and it looks like from the weather forecast, it's going to get a little chillier this coming week. Uh, but a week before Christmas, next Sunday is Christmas. We will be having <clears throat> a service here. Um, just normal time like we do. Uh, so it just happens to be on Christmas Day this year. We are going through Genesis, and I, I have been thinking during the week what I should, if I should continue or go off a little bit different because we're getting ready for Christmas. And so, we're, so I decided, and the Lord kind of led me to do both. Uh, so we're going to see if we, can, if we can figure this out as we go here. We are going to read... Um, of about six verses from Genesis chapter 7, which is where we're at, but I thought it fit in very well with where else I felt like we should go this morning. So Genesis chapter 7, verses 1 through 6, I'm going to read. Then the Lord said to Noah, come into the ark, you and all your household, because I have seen that you are righteous before me in this generation. You shall take with you seven, each of every clean animal, a male and his female, to each of animals that are unclean, a male and his female. Also seven each of birds of the air, male and female, to keep the species alive on the face of all the earth. For after seven more days I will cause it to rain on the earth, forty days and forty nights, and I will destroy from the face of the earth all living things that I have made. And Noah did according to all that the Lord commanded him. Noah was six hundred years old when the flood waters we're on the earth. That's as far as we're going to go in Genesis this morning. <clears throat> We've been talking about Noah now, and he's been preparing and planning and building this big boat, the ark. He's not sure what, where the water's going to come from that it's supposed to float on, but all this he is doing, like we talked about last week, is he's trusting what God told him to do. And so he's done all the preparations, he's done all the work, and now God says, now it's time to get on the ark. 
Noah was, he had prepared for the flood. God gave him the instructions. He followed them. He did what he was asked to do. He gathered enough food for them and for the animals that were going to be on there. All the preparations have been made, and now it's time for the flood. But it's interesting to me, uh, one of the things Roger pointed out last week that I, was, I realized but I hadn't shared yet. And it says in the first one, it says, first verse one, it says, Then the Lord said to Noah, Come into the ark, you and all your household, because I have seen that you are righteous before me in this generation. Come into the ark. <clears throat> we have prepared. We've built it. You've built it. You've followed everything that I told you to do. Now I want you to come into the ark. There were eight people that didn't, that, there were eight people that survived the flood. It was Noah, his wife, his three sons, and their wives. That's it. How did they survive the flood? It's because they were on the ark. And the ark represents Jesus. And the only way they're going to survive this world, the only way that we're going to be able to experience eternity with him is because of Jesus. And he says, come, come into the ark, it's time. In seven days, I'm going to give you seven more days to prepare for the water to start coming. You get everything on the ark that needs to be on there because then the flood is coming. But they had to be on the ark. If they weren't on the ark, they weren't going to survive this flood. If we don't keep our eyes and our focus on Jesus, if we don't recognize who he is and acknowledge him as your Lord and Savior, you're not going to survive the flood. You're not going to survive what is happening in the world today. The world is crazy. It's chaotic. It's hard to understand. But if we keep our focus on Jesus, if we keep our focus on where it should be, if we answer his call to come to the ark, we'll survive. He will walk with us through this. All the preparations have been made. The ark is ready. God says, now I want you to get on. The whole time of preparation, Noah was trusting God's direction. He didn't know what a flood was. He didn't know what rain was. He didn't know how all the animals were going to get there. He just trusted God to do what God had asked him to do. You see, sometimes God asks us to do something and we start looking at details that he didn't ask us to do. And if Noah would have started fretting and worrying about how he was going to get all the animals on the ark, he may not have accomplished what God had asked him to do. God didn't ask him to worry about getting the animals on the ark. God asked him to build the ark. And how many times do we get distracted by things that are happening in our life that we feel like God is leading us somewhere and he wants us to do something, but we get distracted by the things, the details of what that might involve. And God says, maybe that's not what I asked you to focus on. I'll take care of the details. In Noah's situation, I'll take care of the animals. You just do what you were told to do. And for 100 years, that's what Noah did. For 100 years, we don't even live 100 years anymore, and we have a hard time focusing on something for 100 minutes. But Noah trusted God, even when he didn't know what all the details were going to be, he trusted that God knew what he was doing, and that God was going to take care of those details. What is it in your life that you need to trust him with the details? I don't know how things are supposed to work. I don't always understand why things happen the way they do. But I do know and I do believe that God does. That God knows, that God cares, and he wants what's best <laughs> for us. We're getting ready. 
we're preparing for Christmas. We have one week. One week until Christmas. Celebrate Christ's birth. What are you doing to prepare for Christmas? How are we preparing for Christmas? And you know the way that everybody, if you've, <laughs> if you've been to town recently, I'll tell you how everybody else is preparing for Christmas because they're all in town. And if you go to the grocery, if not the grocery store, but if you go to any store right now, there's a lot of people preparing for Christmas. But what are we doing to prepare for Christmas? It doesn't always just come down to getting gifts and having enough food and being prepared for whatever gatherings we're going to go to. But how are we preparing ourselves for Christmas? You remember when we were, <clears throat> maybe you still are this way, I don't know, but when you're younger, you, you have kids now, and you watch their excitement for Christmas. Are we, are we still excited about Christmas? But are we still excited about the real reason that we celebrate Christmas and not all of what the world has done with this holiday coming up. Are we still excited about Christmas? Because it's the birth of our Savior. That's what we're celebrating. Can or do we have the same excitement for Christ's return? There were people for hundreds and hundreds of years that were looking forward to Christ, the Messiah that was supposed to come, and they waited and they waited and they waited, and a lot of them died before they got to see the Messiah, but they still had the hope that he was going to come. We're living in a time where we know the Messiah has come, and now we're waiting for his second coming. Are we excited about his second coming? The world today has commercialized Christmas just like they have done with everything else. They've made it a very profitable holiday. Like I said, <clears throat> my grandparents, Verl is my grandpa, one of the things that they used to do the Sunday before Christmas, <clears throat> after church, they would go to the mall and sit on a bench and watch people do it. It's, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> I got to go with them one time. But I always wondered how many people were watching us sitting on the bench or if anybody even noticed. Just go and observe what people are doing. How are we preparing for Christmas? Because people are moving and they've got a, you know, they've got a goal that they're trying to find and they're starting to panic because they can't find what they need or whatever the situation might be. I don't know. Sit there and watch people. I'm not saying to sit there and judge people. I just said to sit there and watch people. But it's kind of fun to do. How are we preparing for Christmas? Do we remember why we celebrate or do we, or do we get caught up in the commercialized version of it? Because it's definitely been commercialized. It's a great time of year. It's a fun time of year. Maybe you've got time off work. Maybe you get to spend some time with family. Maybe you get to travel. Maybe you get to just stay home and do nothing. Whatever it is for you, that's great. But do we really prepare the right way? Are we really prepared for Christ's birth? In the same way 
that we prepared for Christ's birth, are we prepared for Christ's second coming? Are we preparing? What are we doing to prepare for the second coming of Christ? Because he is going to come again. He's going to come again for those who believe in him. He is going to come again. I want to read from Matthew chapter 24. Verses 36 through 44. But of that day and hour no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days before the flood they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark, and did not know until the flood came and took them all away. So also will the coming of the Son of Man be. Then two men will be in the field, one will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken and the other left. Poor lady that's left has to do all the grinding, huh? But we missed the whole point with that. Watch, therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed this, his house to be broken into. Therefore you also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. <clears throat> you see, even back in the days of Noah, people were living life. God had spoken to Noah and asked him to build the ark. He hadn't spoken to anybody else. And people are living life. It says they were eating, drinking, marrying, and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark. They did not know what was happening. They weren't aware of what was coming. Even if they had been told, they may not have understood it. But they were oblivious to what was happening. They were oblivious to the flood. I don't know that they all were. I just don't. I think the ones that maybe had heard about it, they didn't believe it anyways because they didn't have any idea what it was supposed to look like. Are we aware of what's happening? Or are we oblivious to what's going on today? Christ is coming back. Jesus is coming back. He's coming back to take us to be with him. Are we aware of what's happening in our world today? What are we doing to prepare for that second coming? Noah has spent all this time preparing. We have our lifetime here that we're not guaranteed, but we have been blessed with that God has allowed us to live here and to enjoy. But what are we doing to prepare for the second coming of Christ? Because we can't take anything with us. Everything that we come to acquire here on this earth, we're not taking with us. The thing that can go with us are the people that we maybe would share the love of God with. That's what can, we can take along. We're not taking any of our stuff with us. It's all going to stay here, and it's all going to be left to somebody else. We're not taking it with us. We don't know the day. We don't know the hour. The same as in the days of Noah. They didn't know what was going on. Could they have if they wanted to? They could have. But I think that their hearts were turned against God. They didn't even care. and They didn't want to know. They didn't care to know what was happening. And I hope that we don't get into that spot today. It's, it's good to be aware of the things that are going on. It's good to follow the news just a little bit. 
to be aware of what's going on, but the one thing that we do know is going on is Christ is still tarrying because he wants enough time that as many can come to know him as possible. He's patient, and he'll wait. Took Noah 100, 120 years to build that ark, but that was also God's way of saying, I will wait to see if there's anybody else that's interested in what I have to say or in living the way that I've asked but there wasn't. In the days of Noah, there were eight people. And I am certain that there's going to be more people than that ready when Christ comes again. But what are we doing to prepare for that time? We're getting ready to celebrate Christ's birth. Christ's birth, if you take the New Testament out, and if we don't have the New Testament to read, we heard uh, a verse that, that Paul read this morning. There's places all through the Old Testament that prophesy about Christ's birth. The prophesy about the Messiah's birth. They're everywhere. And that was one of them that was read this morning. I've got a couple of others that I want to read. Another one is, it's also in Isaiah, but it's in chapter 8. Verses 6 and 7. Got the wrong one. The one I'm after is says, that's not the right one. I gave you the wrong one there, and I'm sorry. The one that I'm after, it says, for unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. This is foretold in Isaiah. That Christ, that the, the, um, Messiah is going to come. This is foretold. Clear back in Isaiah. Unto us a child is born. The same thing with the verse that Paul read this morning. A virgin will give birth to a son. This is prophesied in the Old Testament. These things are going to happen. These things have happened now, but at that point, they were still looking for them. Another one that I want to read is Daniel. Hopefully I have the right one on this one. Daniel chapter 2, <clears throat> verse 44. This is when uh, Daniel is talking to King Nebuchadnezzar and he's explaining this dream that Nebuchadnezzar had. He's explaining the dream and the meaning of the dream. And there's a verse in, verse, in chapter 2, verse 44. And it says, In the days of these kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed, and the kingdom shall not be left to other people. It shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. He's talking about when Jesus is going to come, when Christ is going to come and set up his kingdom, but nobody's expecting him to come the way he did on Christmas at Christmas time. Nobody was expecting that. Everybody was expecting a grander, bigger entry that <clears throat> when he comes, everybody's going to know who he is. Everybody is going to know that he's their savior. That's not the way he came. <clears throat> Excuse me. You know why he did that? 
Because clear back in Genesis where we've been learning, he still gave us a choice of whether or not we're going to accept him or not. And if he comes when everybody knows who he is and what's going on, that's going to make it a lot more likely that people are going to want to follow him because everybody else is. But in the way that he came, he still wants us to have that choice. He wants us to choose to follow him. He's not going to force you. He's not going to coerce you. He's going to give you the choice. Do you want to follow him? Are we preparing for Christmas and are we preparing for the second coming of Christ? Today, when we read, we have the New Testament. And we can read about Christ's birth. And we can read about the things that he did while he was here. And we can read about the fact that he ascended back to heaven beside, to be sit beside the Father. And we can read about the fact that he sent the Holy Spirit to guide us. We have the New Testament that we can read. All of that. Last week, <clears throat> Isaac was talking about Simeon. Simeon in, in Luke, when... Jesus was born, and when they brought him to the temple, and Simeon was waiting there. And God had told Simeon that you're not going to die until you see, see the Messiah. Well, Simeon is just waiting. He is trusting that God is going to reveal the Messiah to him. There's also a lady named Anna there as well that was told the same thing. These people, they were waiting their entire life to see the Messiah. They didn't know who it was going to be. They didn't know what it was going to look like. They just knew that they had been promised that they were going to see the Messiah. How much faith does that take when we are told you're not going to die until you see the promised one? And they believed it. And they lived every day of their life looking and waiting and watching and expecting the Messiah. Do we live our life today in that same, with that same anticipation. Because they lived their whole lives, and they were older when the Messiah was finally born, when Jesus finally came. But we live our lives, and we can get caught up in the commercialization of Christmas, and we can forget what it is that we're really waiting for, the purpose that we're really here for. We know Jesus is coming again. We can read about it. He has promised that he is. We can read about his first coming. We can read about what he has done. We have experienced him working in our own lives. Are we ready for his second coming? Are we ready? And some days might seem like, yes, the sooner the better. Because I don't like things that are going on right now. And other days might be, well, you know, life is good. I kind of enjoy what we're doing right now. But I just want to make it clear that when Christ comes again, anything good or bad that we are experiencing here is going to seem as nothing. When we get to see the face of our Savior, nothing. It's not going to matter. Nothing here is going to matter when we see our Savior's face. We don't know what that's going to feel like. We don't know what that's going to look like, but it's going to happen. Are we ready? Are you ready? 
I want to read another verse out of Luke. Chapter 10. Verses 38-42. Now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village. We're talking about Jesus is traveling around here. And a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part which will not be taken away from her. I can identify with both sides of that because there's times where you're working your tail off and you feel like nobody else is willing to help because, well, I got to have my time to do this or whatever it might be. And all you can see is what needs to be done. And if somebody else would just be willing to step up and help, it would sure make things a lot better. But right here with Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus, Jesus says, I'm not going to tell her to do that because she has chosen what is right. There's a balance. There's a balance. But are we willing and are we paying attention to what Jesus is saying? Are we willing to take time in this time of year when we're busy and going and planning and doing to actually sit at the feet of Jesus. Maybe that just means some quiet time. Maybe that just means some time alone spent with, with his word. Or maybe that just means some quiet time spent talking to God. Are we willing to sit at the feet of Jesus. It's really easy to get caught up in all the good things that we're doing and all the wonderful things that need to be done and need to happen and completely forget the whole reason that we celebrate this time of year. Very, very easy to do. I've done it. We've all done it. We all still do it. But I just want to remind her in the same way that Noah spent 100 years preparing the ark. Time of preparation was done. Now it was time for the flood. And that's what we're going to get into after the first of the year. But do we spend the amount of time that we need to prepare for Christmas? Do we spend enough time that we need to prepare for the second coming of Christ? It doesn't mean that we stop living. It doesn't mean that we don't do anything, we don't go anywhere, but everything that we do and everywhere that we go, well, that should be on our mind. What are we doing to prepare for Christ's second coming? Are we sitting at Jesus' feet or are we constantly serving without taking the time to listen? We have a week before Christmas, one week. What are you going to do with your week? We have different things planned, I'm sure, and that's great, and that's all good. But at some point during the week, prepare your heart for the Savior's birth.
Prepare your heart for the second coming. Because without the first coming, there's not going to be a second coming. We're getting ready to celebrate that first coming of our Savior. And he came in a way that nobody expected it. Next week is Christmas. If you keep giving me the platform at 20 after, we're going to keep getting out a little bit early. I am going to play a song before we stop, before we're done. But let's take some time this week to prepare for Christmas. Take some time. Whatever it might look like, take a break, take a breath, sit down, breathe. Enjoy. Enjoy this time of year. If you have family that you get to go be with or if you have <coughs> different traditions that you do, take the time to enjoy them. Because we can run and run and run and run and we can get everything prepared and we don't enjoy anything because we're so worn out by the time we get prepared that we can't enjoy anything. Find some time. Set aside a little bit. Five minutes, ten minutes, half of a day. I don't know. Set aside some time to prepare your heart, to prepare yourself, to remind yourself, to remember why it is that we celebrate the birth of our Savior. And also, along with that, take some time to prepare your heart for the second coming. That's going to be exciting. It's going to be amazing. We don't know what to compare it to because we don't have anything like that to compare to. But you don't want to miss it. Father, we thank you so much for your love. Thank you, Lord, for what you have done for us. Lord, I pray that as we celebrate your birth, celebrate when you came to earth, Lord, that you would guide our week this week. I pray that you'd help us to find time this week to prepare for your birth and for your second coming. Thank you, Father, for your love. I just pray, Lord, that you would guide each one as we go from here. We love you so much this morning. In your name we pray. Amen. You can be dismissed.